Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and today we're going to talk uh, about an event coming up on April 24th and it's an Earth Day recycling event. And our guests today include Karen Skerlidge, she's the Restore Operation Manager for Habitat for Humanity. Daniel Eggert is the uh, Baxter Store Manager at Common Goods. And Jeff Grunewald, who is the owner of Green Forest Recycling. And first of all, folks, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Karen, let's start with you, uh, because I would imagine that the event is taking place, uh, or, or maybe I'll have to ask, where where is this event taking place on the 24th? It is taking place at Habitat for Humanity at 1110 Wright Street right here in Brainerd. Okay. And is that the Restore location? Yes, it is. Yeah. So what's happening? What kind of things are you looking for? What are, what are we doing? Well, what we're doing is we are collaborating with a couple other entities here in Brainerd and we're making a one-stop drop for a recycle. And what I take um, for Habitat is we take furniture, appliances, and any kind of building materials. We also will have common goods and green forest recycling and I'll let, you t- I'll let them tell you what they take. So it's a one-stop drop for a lot of different things that day. And, of course, we should explain that the ReStore at uh, Habitat, that uh, takes in these items uh, normally, and you do sell all the things that are in great condition, and it's a great place to pick up those types of items, from furniture and appliance to building uh, items and you name it, right? Correct. It's a great resource for anybody. It's open to the public. We have new things coming in daily. And, of course, all your proceeds go to Habitat for Humanity. Yes, definitely. That's what we uh, support is Habitat for Humanity, where we build affordable, decent homes. All right. Um, Let's jump to Danell, who is the the Common Goods Baxter store manager. What types of things will you be accepting that day? Well, we're looking for lightly used items that are clean and ready to put on our sales floor because our goal is to make as much money as we can to support Bridges of Hope. So the cleaner and the better it is, the easier it is for us to sell. Um, We'll take clothing, sporting goods, um, furniture, decor, a a whole plethora of things, but no TVs, no exercise equipment. We do have some exclusions, you know, car seats, some of the things that um, have had their wear and tear. We don't need them for resale. Um, yeah. What about like kids' toys and bikes and that kind of thing for children? Yes, that was per- that'd be perfect if it's in working order. Okay. We love that stuff. Yeah. And uh, remind our listeners again uh, uh, the um, common goods. Uh, you have two different stores. You manage the Baxter store, but the proceeds go to Bridges of Hope. And remind us, uh, Bridges of Hope, you're helping families all over the central Minnesota, aren't you? Um, yep, right in our local communities. So all the money stays right here. And we help connect people in need with the services they need. And it's a Christ-based organization. It's a wonderful program. We also are working with Operation Sandwich. Um, we're doing a lot of good, especially during these hard times for people. All right. Now, uh, it sounds like you will be there at the ReStore location as well to accept these goods, so it's a one-stop for these items? Yes, we will be there. Um, we'll have a truck so we can take in items. Um, we also 
have the ability to recycle fabrics. So if you have clothing that has holes or stains, stuff that we don't want, we would really appreciate if you bagged it in a separate trash bag and wrote right on there fabric recycling. So it saves us time and resources. We don't have to go through and figure that out. Excellent. Oh man, or is my is my head spinning right now? <laughs> Got a lot of things we can bring to this. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Let's uh, talk with Jeff too. Jeff Grunewald is the owner of Green Forest Recycling, and what kind of items will you be accepting that day? Uh, we'll take um, older books, encyclopedias, um, aluminum cans, tin cans, milk jugs, newspaper, cardboard. Um, detergent bottles um, take pretty much all the household recycling except for glass at this time. Wow. Oh, so no glass. Okay. All right. And, and tell us uh, about Green Forest Recycling. Um, we're a recycling company that at this time deals with a lot of the end users. Um, we're putting in a system that will take um, newspaper, mixed paper that comes from recycling facilities and upcycle it to a product that uh, companies can use to make uh, insulation, egg cartons, and... um, Yeah, very interesting. Yep. So again, on this uh, day, Earth... Well, the Earth Day is actually the 22nd, but the Earth Day recycling event is Saturday, the 24th of April. We'll be able to stop by with all of those things that we've talked about and drop them off in one location. That is really cool. We will also have some DIY projects going that you can make bed frames uh, and and make them into benches. Um, We're also having tree sales that weekend. So we're selling trees, um, different varieties. We have a lot of things going on that day. My gosh, it sounds like a little bit of a festival going on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who who will be there partnering to hand out the trees? That's uh, part of our women's build. Oh, really? Cool. There's that that whole entity too. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it'll be from an easy day. It will be from 9.30 till 2.30 that day. And Cub Foods um, generously donated brats. So we're going to have those available for um, free will donation as well. Food always brings people in. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yes, we hope so. (laughs) Well, as uh, uh, I guess we'll we'll stop for a minute and just say, uh, Danielle kind of mentioned things that they don't want. And Karen, do you have a few things that you absolutely can't take as well? Um, yes, but you just put me on the spot. There are some things that we take. I mean, we want good working, um, appliances, um, you know, the things that, that are soiled, um, for furniture. We don't want those. We don't want broken furniture either. Okay. So something that's resaleable right away. Mattresses, probably not mattresses, right, Karen? No one takes mattresses. mattresses. Right. We do have guidelines on our websites too that we've been directing to, or people can call the, the stores, too, if they have anything in particular that they're wondering about. Okay. Uh, so let's just remind people of those websites. And Karen, what is your website? It is lakesareahabitat.org. Okay. Danelle, what is your website? Um, commongoodsmn.org. Very good. 
And uh, Jeff, do you have a website too that would be handy that would have that information? That'd be greenforestrecycle.com. Greenforestrecycle.com. Okay. So we can go to any of those websites, find out more information. It sounds like it's going to be a huge day, and I think by about uh, April 24th, we'll be in huge <laughs> spring uh, clean-out mode. So what a perfect uh, perfect timing for this event. And, of course, uh, it goes without saying, but I'll say it, uh, this type of event is really designed to keep this stuff out of the landfill, right? Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, we will look forward to that. Again, you can go to the websites of any of those events to find out more information about the big Earth Day recycling event. Again, April 24th, 9.30 to 2.30. Not only uh, day to recycle stuff, but there's some uh, DIY projects going on. At the ReStore. At right? the ReStore, yes. Mm-hmm. It's on the... Wright Street in Brainerd, for those that don't know. Yep. And also some food from Cub Foods, and it all happens again between 9.30 and 2.30. Well, folks, we want to thank you for being here today on Community Focus to talk about this big event coming up, and we hope to see a lot of people there. I have a feeling you will. (laughs) I hope so. Thank you, Ken and Tess. Yes. You're welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. All right. Our guests today include Karen Scarlett. She is the Restore Operations Manager at the Restore for Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Danelle Eggert is the Baxter Store Manager for Common Goods. That supports Bridges of Hope. And Jeff Grunenwald, who is the owner of Green Forest Recycling. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. And you can also listen through our free downloadable app powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we are going to talk about uh, National Healthcare Decisions Day which is coming up on the 16th of April. With us today, our guests are Carrie Lee Peets and Betsy Liedel. They are training facilitators for Honoring Choices, uh, health care directives, and they're both from the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center. And ladies, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. Thank you for having us today. So let's talk about Healthcare directives. This is this is very very interesting. Um, w- do you find that most people have done this, or is this why we're having this day? Because most people do not have a healthcare directive. This is why we're doing this. I I would say that what we know from data is that less than half of our adult population have healthcare directives or have um, considered and put it into writing who they want their healthcare agent to be. So it's an important conversation regardless of age. I would bet that so many people think that this is specifically for, you know, old people. Old people. Am I right? Yes. Yes. But the important thing to remember is that anyone could be incapacitated at any time. And the example we use is what would you do if you were in a motor vehicle accident or some type of accident that left you uh, unable to speak or to make decisions for yourself, um, especially someone with a traumatic brain injury. Okay, so let's say you're someone, and I'll just say like me, who does not have one of these, and I know I need to. What do we need to do to prepare for this, and who do we speak to? How do we start this ball rolling? Yeah. 
Well, I think the first thing is just for you to spend some time thinking about it and looking at documents. So your healthcare facility or the Honoring Choices website probably have some really good documents. We have a packet that we hand out to people when we start that conversation to get you thinking about who your agent would be and the decisions that you need to make. Um, and then at that point, it, it's a matter of going on on and doing the form. The form needs to be witnessed or notarized. So frankly, that's one of the more complicated pieces sometimes. Um, but it is eight pages or less in Minnesota. And so it is, that's the way I always have people start with that. We give them a packet and we ask them to think about their decisions. And the most critical part is who your agent might be. And I think too that even though people don't have a written document, I think a, a lot of us are often thinking about um, what would we do in situations like this? We think about it privately. We don't often discuss it. And that the important thing to do is to bring that out in the open and talk about our private fears about it. Um, what we do, I think, which is really helpful is that we can lead people through the document. When I work with people about this, um, Carrie Lee says it's only eight pages. And let me tell you, most people are overwhelmed by the number of pages. And uh, when we start working on the document, they feel very relieved because there are really no questions that are a surprise to them. And most people find that it's really putting down on paper what they're thinking about all the time and not expressing. Wow. That's interesting. It seems to me, because I recently had a, a checkup uh, at uh, one of our healthcare facilities here in the Lakes area, and they asked if I had one. Is that becoming standard operating procedure for the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center as well? Yes, it is. Um, we do want to know if people have them. So the first step is if you have one, locate it, review it, make sure it's still accurate. Make sure you talk to your healthcare agent so that they know that you have put them in that position and that they understand your wishes. And then lastly, I would say, make sure your normal healthcare facility has a copy of it so that if you end up coming in, um, they have access to what you had written in your document. That's... And we encourage patients to look at what we call the five Ds. Um, update your directive every 10 years if you have one. Um, if there's someone named in your directive who has died, you might need to update that, especially if they're an agent and they're no longer living because you need a new agent. Um, if there's a divorce or a major family change, uh, the big one, I think, is diagnosis. If you are diagnosed with a serious health condition or decline, when you find that your health is um, progressing badly, and you need to realize that you're going to have to make decisions um, about where to live and how who's going to care for you. That's another time to look at um, updating the document. But I think our biggest issue is that most people don't have a document to begin with. And so we really encourage patients not only to have one, but we offer to help them with that to make the process easier. So would we just it can be overwhelming for people? Sure. Would we just sure. call you guys and say, "Hey, I'd like to sit down, fill out these documents after we've thought about it, like you said, and made our decisions." Yep. At CRMC, we actually when we hand out um, our blue folder, there's a little card in it that says, "We do take appointments." It gives a phone number at CRMC. That's five four six seven four six two. 
and people can call and schedule appointments with someone or if they talk with their doctor and let their doctor know that they need assistance, very likely their doctor will probably connect them with um, one of us who does that as well. So we have lots of different avenues and I would guess that the other healthcare facilities have people doing similar pieces. Sure. Um, if you are a computer savvy person, you can go out to honoringchoices.org. Um, Minnesota and North Dakota both use Honoring Choices. And so there's some great information to help you with those decision-making um, components. And I think COVID-19 has really brought to light that critical incidents can happen even when we are healthy people. So it's a great opportunity for people to go out and look at that and start getting those documents in place. Can I just ask you... Um and I think before we went on the air, you were telling us a story where uh, a husband was by default because the woman did not have one and needed one, um, but it defaulted to her husband making the decisions. What if that's not the scenario? What happens if you don't have a directive and decisions like these need to be made? What happens maybe if you don't have a spouse or, or anybody? I, I know we have multiple situations, especially when people are critically ill, when Doctors are trying to figure out who is the spokesperson and who can make decisions for the patient. And it's often a guessing game. Um, Or you have multiple people who have differing opinions who say that what they know is what should happen. It can be really um, a mess. It can be very chaotic if you don't have someone who um, is designated to make those decisions. I think of my mother who had a healthcare directive and I was her primary agent. She had nine children and she used to say, I'm not worried because my children won't fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reality is that we fought all the time. <laughs> and so it was very good that she had a healthcare directive and an agent. And that when we were, um, had differing opinions about what should happen with her treatment, I could say to her doctor, I want you to meet with her alone. I want you to decide if she's capable of making decisions for herself. If not, then I step ahead and make those decisions. If she's able to make those decisions, then would you please ask her what it is she wants? And that worked very well. That could have been a nightmare among her nine children if she hadn't had a health care directive. It's almost like you're giving your family or your kids a gift by having this and and making these arrangements ahead of time if something were to tragically happen. Yes. These aren't discussions that we're all comfortable having with our families or that we normally have. We get together with families for different events, and it's not something we talk about very often, even, even when we see someone with critical illness or someone in our family who passes away. So It's a great time. I love that we have this day in April because it's a great time for people to be aware and um, have that conversation. We had the conversation in my house that I think now that we have adult children, we should probably be having this conversation on why we haven't appointed our adult children as our healthcare agents, um, what we want to have happen, and who is our healthcare decision, our healthcare agent. So those are conversations we're going to try in our family to facilitate so that we can demonstrate for the rest of our family how important it is. I recently went through this with uh, my wife and our lawyer, and he quickly pointed out that nothing will tear apart a family faster than not having these directives in place. Right, right. Because I would say um, having no one is not often the case. Often the case is we have too many people with differing opinions. Yes. Um, And 
And I should point out that the reason we do this by appointment is that this process can take at a minimum an hour to do mm-hmm. because it's a very thoughtful discussion. We're asking people what matters to you at the end of your life. Well, that's a big question. Yeah. And um, what what when you look ahead, what do you hope for? When you look ahead, what do you fear? Those are things that are that require some thinking. And so it is at minimum an hour long process and we want to take as long as possible to do that. So that's why we do that by appointment. And an agent does not have to be a family member, right? They can it can be a, a trusted friend or, or that kind of thing. Right. I, I think of a man, another man I worked with who had a health care directive. His son was his agent. The man had a stroke, uh, was not able to make decisions for himself. So we looked to the son to make decisions. The son was not at all capable of making those decisions. His dad had said he didn't want a feeding tube if he couldn't eat. And the son, I remember him crying, standing in the doorway crying and saying, I can't do it. I can't let him go without a feeding tube. And I pointed to the healthcare directive and said, he doesn't want a feeding tube. And he said, I don't care. I can't do it. And a feeding tube was placed. That's an example of why you don't want to name someone just because they're your uh, husband or daughter or wife or family. son. Sure. That's it's a someone good who can make good decisions and can represent you. Now, let's talk about the event, because uh, on the 16th of April, you have a special event at CRMC. We do. So we will have in our main lobby at the Crosby campus, we'll have a booth or a table set up. Betsy and I will be part of our team that will be present that day, as well as a few of our other nurses and staff to make sure people have healthcare directive packets if they need them, to help them start that thinking process and that discussion. Mm-hmm. And then if they need to schedule appointments to come and actually do their healthcare directives, we will connect them with that as well. So we're excited. We will be at our um, front lobby from 10 to 2 that day. Um, and looking forward to people who are either already in the clinic or who haven't thought about it and decide they want to just stop in and talk with us. That's fantastic. And I really stress with people what a relief it is to do this. It really, it's a, it just feels wonderful once you have it completed. Well, I, I do have a healthcare directive because I started to feel like I couldn't help people complete theirs if I didn't have one. Yeah. And now I'm um, looking at doing a new directive and making changes because I have new thoughts. My last one is 15 years old and I need to do a new one based on how I am today. That's right. And let's we should reiterate that, that the if you do one, it's not set in stone. It can change. And like you said, check it. I think on your, your D's, you're saying check it every 10 years or change it up or review it every 10 years to make sure it's still what you want as time goes on. Yep. So make sure you know where it is. Make sure your healthcare agent has a copy or knows where it is. Make sure your provi- your primary care doctors have a copy. You know, everything's electronic. So if it if you give it to your primary care doctor, it's probably going to get put in your chart and other providers, at the, you know, whether it's emergency or hospital, will be able to access those too. So it's really important because, again, someone can come in and say that they appointed Ken can appoint Tess and she can come in and say that, but unless there's a document, then we have to really consider that. So it, it's important to consider who you really want and make sure everybody knows that. Very good. 
Okay, but again, we should reiterate, too, we don't have to wait till April 16th to start this process rolling. But if we need a little assistance and want to learn more, this is a great opportunity. It is. We would love to see some people come in and talk with us on April 16th. But wherever you get your health care, um, whether it's a uh, clinic, a hospital, a care center or something else, I'm sure they have someone on staff that can assist you. Here at CRMC, just let your doctor know or call and we can connect you with somebody who can help with that. And then the Honoring Choices website with um, for Minnesota Honoring Choices is a great resource to get you started on that process. Go in there now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll add, uh, because I know this is my wife and I did this. We had a will from when our children were little. Now they're adults. So we decided to redo our will. And we did the health care directive there and had a... You know, all the paperwork done and uh, talk to our kids about it. And if people have an attorney and you're thinking, oh, boy, we haven't done our will in a long time. This is another thing that you can take care of with your family attorney as well. Right. Absolutely. Although we do it free. (laughs) Ah, Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Magic words, ladies. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Ladies, I think this has been very informative and very important for families and people of all ages to consider this. We want to remind again, boy, I mean, uh, it's not just for those that are getting up in years, but get this taken care of so people know your wishes if something were to happen. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for having us. We're thrilled to talk about this and the more people that can consider this and talk with family and get their healthcare directives done, the better. Amen. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today to talk about this important subject. Thank you. Anytime. Tess, if you need help, I can help you do yours. Okay, I might be calling you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. All right. Our guests today are Carrie Lee Peets and Betsy Liedel. They are both training facilitators for Honoring Choices and Healthcare Directive. And again, we encourage you to check that out, honoringchoices.org, or better yet, stop by at the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center's main campus on the 16th of April from 10 until 2, and they will have uh, folks there to help you get that process started. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget, our Community Focus programs are available anytime on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. And you can always listen through our free downloadable app powered by, oh, Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.